Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast with Cyril Gerald Quinn on this 5th of January 2021. Still getting used to saying that. Happy New Year to everybody out there. And since my sports audience, this is the first sports podcast we've done of the year. Of course, we did The Wire uh, this weekend on uh, Saturday with Rob Sapp. I certainly definitely would check out that episode, Soft Eyes. The Wire remix uh, through two episodes through season four already reminded of why that is the greatest season in the history of television. Um, without question, certainly check that out. We'll be coming out with a new episode. This uh, we still haven't decided yet. Both our teams are in the playoffs, so it's not going to be happening Saturday as the, as the Washington football team and Buffalo are playing on Saturday. But we'll, we'll be it'll, it'll be out. Um, it will be out. Uh, next week. Uh, so, you know, keep your eyes on that. Um, again, uh, Happy New Year to everybody out there. Hope, you have, hope everybody out there is being safe. Um, as of right now, uh, I checked, uh, it looked like Oslof and Warnock had a pretty decent lead with 55% of the proceedings in as far as this, this Georgia runoff. So we know it's going to, it's going to determine the Senate. And, uh, you know, the fireworks are, you know, just beginning from the standpoint of of Trump's finale. Uh, he's going out with a bang, as we all know, in regards to um, January 20th. So this is just the beginning of that from that standpoint. So uh, certainly keep your eyes on that. Uh, in terms of the sports, uh, we have a lot to cover on this program. Um, COVID still running rampant. Kevin Stefanski the head coaches of Cleveland Browns who just made their first playoff appearance since 20, uh, 2002 in 19 years. He's out amongst five uh, Cleveland Browns, two of them being players. The others, uh, you know, the others, people within the organization, a couple of people within the organization um, test by, um, as they test positive for COVID. So that is, um, you know, a big blow certainly for the Browns. Uh, having your head coach out, um, who knows, you know, he certainly is not going to, I mean, he won't be at the stadium, but I'm sure there's a way that they will, you know, get, that he will, you know, certainly be a part of the game plan and things of that nature, but he will not be coaching as they face Pittsburgh on Sunday night, which will be, the, I believe, the last game of a busy, uh, of a busy playoff weekend, NFL playoff weekend. We'll get to that later on in the program. Kevin Durant is going to be out at least four games starting tonight. So far, they, you know, so far so good. The Nets are just, you know, hammering the Utah Jazz up by 21. Last time I checked, uh, Kyrie Irving was having a big night, but he's going to be out at least four games with on a seven day quarantine. Now he's tested negative for COVID. Remember he had COVID earlier this year, back in May, says, you know, still has some of the antibodies and that, you know, had no, has no ill effects from it, according to him. But, you know, the thing that's going to get people that uh, in sports as well as, you know, just in society is this close contact, especially in the, within the NFL, within the world of professional sports, this close contact. If you have any, if there's any close contact, you are susceptible for a quarantine, immediate quarantine. The NBA is not playing any games with it. Uh, he's, you know, seven day quarantine despite testing negative. Uh, now, probably Kevin Durant, I would feel some type of way because I, you know, you saw James, James Harden was in a club basically, you know, for the better part of a couple of weeks all over the country, you know, he's in Atlanta and Vegas. And I know he did the six negative tests, but you know, 
he missed no games. And the one game he did miss was postponed. So, I, you know, this is almost like a punishment for Durant. And again, he's going to get paid. But uh, in a 72-game season on a team that, you know, trying to develop some chemistry, Brooklyn struggling with their defense, not a ideal time. You'd rather have this now than, you know, in, you know, May or, uh, uh, you know, come around the playoffs, of course. But um, still, uh, I would, if, if I'm Kevin Durant, I'm, I'm kind of annoyed right now considering the fact that I tested negative. But, you know, the NBA is not going to mess around with this. They're going to definitely take a more stricter approach uh, and a, certainly a, a more organized approach than the NFL. So the, I think the NBA will be consistent with its legislation as regard, in regards to COVID. Uh, of course, you have six NFL coaching vacancies. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are some excellent, in looking at the landscape, there are some excellent quarterbacking opportunities for, for a future coach. Uh, the number one job that I would want on this list to me, is the Houston job because right now they have out of these out of this group they have the best quarterback in my mind as far as youth and as far as potential in, in Deshaun Watson. That to me is the number one job. Uh, the number one job if I were a coach, if I were a prospective coach, would take. Of course, you know Jacksonville had the number one pick with Trevor. You know they'll get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know the Chargers situation is great as well with Justin Herbert. We know what type of player he is couple question marks in regards to quarterbacking with Atlanta and Detroit Widows. They have two veteran quarterbacks who came from the class of 20, 2008 and 2010 or 2000. Yeah, I think Ryan was in that 2008 class with Joe Flacco and 2010 with, uh, with Stafford. You know, 2009, 2010 with Stafford. But they've been around for a while now, and they're at the points in their careers where they could be – both of those guys could be on the move uh from those respective teams so those jobs are not as appealing to say the least and of course you have the jets who you know they're they're just the jets i i I would not touch that job if i had other options to be honest which is just you know one of the worst franchises in 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 all the sports let alone the nfl so it'd be very interesting to see uh what happens there are also a number of these general master jobs that are up for grabs as well um you know, Carolina has a spot, uh, Houston, you know, Houston, Atlanta. Uh, so a couple of, you know, uh, at, you know, as always, a number of jobs that are open. Um, Eric Bianami absolutely should, should receive a head coaching job. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to hear about the internet from the NFL about all these committees they're creating for, for, uh, for persons of colors and equity, just hire African-American coaches. It's, it's just, it's, Pretty much that simple. Just hire them. Uh, African American head coaches. Eric Bieniemy absolutely deserves a head coaching job. Without he should have one last year, or maybe even the year before. But but in twenty twenty one, there's no two ways about it that Eric Bieniemy should have one of these jobs. Um, considering what he's what he's been a part of with the Kansas City offense and over the last uh, couple of years uh, since he's been the offensive coordinator. Uh, Devontae Smith is your Heisman Trophy winner. He's the first wide receiver from Alabama. He, of course, he's from Alabama. Uh, will be part of that high-powered, you know, machine that Alabama has on offense. He beat out Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Trask, and of course, and his own teammate Mac Jones uh, to win the Heisman Award. First receiver since uh, 1991, 29 years. Of course, that's going way back to Desmond Howard um, back when he was starring at Michigan. Um, listen. I, you know, this guy is not, 
it's going to be very interesting watching him in the NFL. He's not a freak of nature. Um, he's not even the best receiver I've seen come out of Alabama, to be honest with you. I, like, I, I wouldn't put him on par. I, think he's, I don't think he's as good as Julio Jones or, or, or even a Calvin Ridley. Um, but the guy just you know knows how to get open. He's a, tech, he's a, a, just a supreme technician as far as route running. And he's projected to be a first-round pick, a high, a upper first-round pick, somewhere in that six to sixteen range um, in the NFL upcoming NFL draft. So uh, it seemed like there was some momentum picking up. There was a lot of momentum picking up over the past couple of weeks. So I'm not surprised in the least bit that he went that he wins it, despite how rare it is that a wide receiver does win this win this award. Remember, this has been a quarterback. Award similar to similar to the NFL MVP. This has been a quarterback dominated award, and when a quarterback hasn't won it, you've seen it uh, go to mainly uh, running backs. So there are your headlines for today, January fifth, two thousand and twenty-one, on the Real Deal podcast. Uh, we're gonna get, of course, the NBA is two weeks into the season, um, and you had a, you know, I, I think with the NBA right now, you have to be patient with the players and with the product on the floor um, with the quick turn, considering the quick turnaround. A couple of guys have gotten off to slow starts relatively. Anthony Davis is one of them, uh, but of course not worried about him as long as he's he's healthy. Um, But a big night, a big night for uh, superstars last night in terms of the Greek freak, Luka Doncic, and of course Jason Tatum, all of them. Uh, Luca goes to the 33-point triple-double. You had the Greek Freak with 43-9, and nine, and Tatum drops a 40-piece on Detroit. Just kind of, you know, kind of a reminder, not on Detroit, excuse me, on Toronto, kind of a reminder that, you know, he is uh, still the ride, still the guy on that Boston Celtic team as he has been thoroughly outplayed by one Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has been the best Celtic this year. No two ways about it. But, uh, again, a huge night for superstars, and I expect this kind of trend to move to move forward as the season goes along, and as these guys get more reps and get get their conditioning back to um, get their conditioning uh, back to normal um, in this condensed season, already been a peculiar uh, season to say the least. With uh, you know, kind of like these baseball type series where a team goes in and spends basically four days in the city and plays two games, plays the same same team twice. Uh, for the most part, those teams have split the series as you kind of would would expect it. Um, so, but again, I, I've been all in on the NBA uh, uh, so far. Um, number of just you know number of storylines developing um, in both conferences, and of course we you know the elephant in the elephant in the room or around the league is still where James Harden will end up. Um, He's going to be traded. It's just a matter of to who and a matter of uh, when he will be traded. So uh, even though he may he, he he's he's going out there, he's performed well. Even though he, you know they took a loss last night to uh, to uh, to Dallas uh, by uh, you know by thirteen, but Harden is going to be moved. It's going to be a matter of of, of where to. Um, several things that have stood out as far as you know. We knew that Phoenix was going to be improved. Um, we knew that uh, that Brooklyn was going to be a in title contention. So those two things are not surprising. Even though Brooklyn coming tonight is three and four, uh, 
as long as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are healthy, that that team will be fine. It, you know, they need to just get their defense together. Uh, if I uh, and if I were them, I still would try to get to, you know try to go after James Harden. But again, the loss of them, Spencer Dinwiddie, is a big loss uh, in terms of as a trade asset, and and as you know, and somebody on their team. But more importantly, as a trade asset for James Harden, that's a, a you know that's a major blow to um, you know to them possibly trading for James Harden. The Sixers got off to a nice start. Their only loss coming with when uh, Joel Embiid uh, was uh, injured. Or uh, was you know was not made not had a major injury, but mainly sitting him out for precautionary reasons. But uh, they played they played great uh, as of yet uh, as of as of now going five and five and one. Lakers you know kind of been on cruise control at five and two. So you know it, like you gotta let things play out with the NBA uh, this season more. You know they're going you're gonna see some strange things with the scheduling. Uh, guys trying to get back in shape, you know, getting back in shape. But I still think the product. For the most part, in games that I've watched, the product has been the, the level of play has been relatively high, has still been relatively high, um, high for the most part. Of course, last night or Sunday night, you had one Steph Curry, just you know, kind of a, a little not a subtle but a very blatant reminder of I'm still the best point guard in the league, and even though we are not title contenders, we will be in the mix for the playoffs. Just kind of reminding you that. Uh, Golden State got off to an 0-2 start, got destroyed their first two games, and people just wanted to jump off bridges in terms of, oh, Golden State and Steph Curry, I I don't know, and you know, so on and so on. You know, instead of instead of letting things kind of play out and remembering that this team, you know, they still have to they have a bunch of moving pieces. They had no Draymond Green for the first part of the season. Uh he's back now and you know his impact has been certainly felt. And Steph Curry is still Steph Curry. Uh, 62 points on 31 shots. Um, I saw the game as during the commercial breaks of the Washington-Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia game, of course. But I, I saw his performance. And again, you know, if Steph Curry is healthy, then uh, this is what you expect out of Steph Curry. Like, it, like people pretend, like last season, he, he was not healthy. He broke his hand. He missed basically the majority, almost the entire season. It's not like Steph Curry had a year last year where he played in, you know, 80 games and he averaged 16 points a game and, and shot 30% from the field. It's not like he had a, a horrible, a horrible season. And, and, and that would have been cause for concern. Like he comes in last season, it was healthy, he played like shit. And then you're like, oh, what's, what, is he aging? You know, 31 years old, maybe, you know, point guards, you know, don't last, for, you know, don't especially start aging quicker than other positions. But he was hurt last year. I mean, he was injured. Like so, um, again, still a he is still one of the most dangerous players in the sport as far as trying to defend, as far as what you have to do in order, to, as far as his impact on the game, even when he's not, even when even when he doesn't have the ball, even when he doesn't have the ball. Now, again, that team, that roster is just not very good. Uh, I like Wiseman. Draymond Green is a shell of what he once was. Let's be honest about that. They have one all-star. They have one all-star, and that's Steph Curry. But they do have a nice uh, – they do – what they do have is some – you know, they have some some scrappy players, some guys that are going to, you know, that are going to follow Steph Curry, some guys, you know, some guys that should that should improve as the season moves along. Um, 
but there is not a that 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 roster is not very good. Uh, that that roster is, you know, it, it's it's a non-playoff roster to be honest with you. But because they, if Steph Curry is healthy, they will be in the mix for a definitely a top AC and without question will be uh, uh, amongst the contenders for that seven to ten slot in terms of that play in terms of the play-in, the play-in uh, seeding. You know, the play-in games that, that are going to happen transpire at the end of the season. There's no two ways about it. Um, he's just that dynamic of a player, and he, his presence. What you saw on Sunday should not be any should not be surprising in the least bit. And he followed it up last night with a you know with a thirty piece. You know, so he scores ninety two points in two games. Um, I expect. I, I here's here's what I need out of Steph Curry. If I'm you know if I'm Steve Curry, I'm having a conversation with Steph Curry. Like, look, we need you to be selfish. We need you to. We we want you. Matter of fact, you should lead the league in shot attempts and lead the league in scoring. Like we want you to lead to lead. We want you to lead the league in scoring. This is similar to like 05, 06, um, when the team with with the Lakers and the, of course the late great Kobe Bryant, Phil Jackson kind of pulled him aside for the season. Not that Kobe needed any extra motivation. Say, hey, you know, we know you like to shoot, but this season you're gonna. We want you to shoot even that much more. And you know, it basically was like say less in terms of what in terms of the message being sent to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant went out there. That year, averaged 35, uh, 35 points a game. So like, they, you know, he did not need any. You know, that's all that, that that's all you need to hear. The, and he had he did that just to get that team to the playoffs. That was an awful roster to say the least. That that you know, Smush Parker, and and what have you. Some you know, uh, you know, Lamar Odom was you know okay at that point, but he wasn't the Lamar Odom that we saw in those Laker championship years. Uh, that that roster was, you know, Luke Walton. You know, that roster that was a Kwame Brown. I was on that team. You, you, you know, if you remember, there was not a, you know, that was not a memorable Laker team in 05-06, But Kobe did what Kobe did and led them to a seventh seed. Uh, of course, where they will lose to the Phoenix Suns in the playoffs. But Steph Curry has to have that type of season where, you know, he's going to have. And I think he will. I think he's going to have a bunch of forty-point games. I think that he is tired of all the talk of not being mentioned amongst the best players in the league. Um, I, I think you would, you're going to see a Steph Curry revenge tour. That's not going to lead to a championship because the team is just not good enough, but it will lead to at least, I think a playoff, uh, a playoff appearance, but overall the NBA product, I feel like has been very good. Uh, has been very good. Um, um, so a number of excellent matchups night in and night out. Uh, a little something going on with Phoenix and the Clippers. Everybody coming at Paul George, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, Paul George, you know, this perception of him being soft in the playoffs, he is soft in the playoffs. So teams are going to come after him until, you know, he until he does something in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not saying winning a championship, but until he dominates in the playoffs, yeah, guys are going to come after him. And I, I love what Devin Booker did. Because you got to understand, Devin Booker is the young pup, okay? You're the young pup. You want to you start – Devin Booker wants to be an all-star – on a team that should make the playoffs. I think Phoenix should make the playoffs this year and will make the playoffs. He and he wants to win. I, I, I he wants to win. So this is it's all you know, this is competition. This is uh Devin Booker saying, I'm here now. I don't care how many all-star appearances you have. I don't care about the, the fact that you're playing for a team that some that's considered a championship contender in the Clippers. We don't we are here in the Western Conference and we're not going uh, not going anywhere. So I, you know, perfectly understand. Uh, what Devin, where Devin Booker was coming from in regards to that, what transpired with Phoenix and, and the Clippers last night. Again, it wasn't no, 
not a big deal. Nobody's nobody's fighting in 2021 in the NBA. Um, kind of thing that got lost in that game was again Phoenix just finds ways to blow the not Phoenix the Clippers just find ways to blow these leads. I mean the Clippers no lead is safe when the Clippers are playing. I mean like it's been it's been unbelievable even this year even in their wins. Some of their wins don't feel like wins with with how many leads that they're blowing. I'm talking about 20, 25 point leads. Uh, next thing you know, the team, you know, next thing you know, they only up by five or six, and the game is a is a you know nip and tuck in the fourth quarter. So again, that that is certainly psychological in, in regards to the Clippers and uh, where they're at. I mean, they've blown, you know, not blown, but they've come they they have uh, come close to blowing a number of leads over the course of of um, of this season. So. So there you go with the NBA. Um, you know, Denver off to a slow start. I'm not really con- concerned about them. They're, they have too much talent. They'll be fine. And of course, they they certainly will be in the mix for James for you know for the James Harden sweepstakes. I actually, you know, watching Houston. I know Houston lost last night. I actually like Houston's team around James Harden. Now again, Harden's going to be traded, but I, you know, uh, John Wall's come has come back, has played well. Uh, this season coming off, you know, basically two years where he, you know, didn't play at all. Um, they have some nice pieces. Uh, the guy, uh, you know, Christian Wood has played like an all-star so far uh, this year. Um, he, last, he was averaging 25 and 10 last time I checked. Maybe those numbers have dropped a little bit, but not that. He's still averaging about 20 and 10. So I actually like Houston's team even more so than last year. But the problem is, um, you know, Harden wants out. They're not going to be a title contender, um, but uh, and, and Harden still, you know, still is going to one out. Um, I want to hold off on giving a certain team some love because uh, last night involved in a text conversation where apparently one of their players was playing as well as anybody. So I'm just going to hold off. I was going to give that team some love, but based on that text exchange, I'm going to hold off on giving them some love. I have to see more. I am. I, I am encouraged. They do look like a professional team, a professional basketball team this year. I mean, I'm somewhat encouraged, but I'm just going to hold off until I see more. Of course, the NFL and NFL regular season complete uh, is complete. They get in all 256 games, uh, not without, of course, a just a wacky and and just you know some insane scheduling with with what they put some of these teams through, uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, to say the least. Um, and it ended with a ended with fireworks. Um, the Washington football team, congratulations to them, are headed to the playoffs for the first time in five since 2015 with a division title and a seven and nine record. And but by the way, despite the seven and nine record, they still have a still had a plus, they still were plus six in the point differential. So that's seven and nine. They if there's such thing as a as a decent seven and nine. That is a deep, they were, a, they're not a horrible seven and nine. They're a decent seven and nine. Okay, keep that in mind. Um, but again, the big story, of course, is all the conversations about what transpired with Doug Peterson, the head coach at Philadelphia Eagles, and he will be the head coach going into next year. He's not getting fired. Now, I'll explain more about that uh, soon enough uh, about Peterson pulling uh, Jalen Hurts out of the game when the game was still in the balance after three quarters and putting in sub, uh, sudden, uh, Sudfield, Suddenfield, if I, let me get, uh, get his name right. A guy who in Washington, we know as a, basically a career backup and a guy uh, that 
will should never even see the light of day as a starting quarterback in the league. The guy is a he's not even a backup. He's a third string quarterback, to be honest with you. So so we listen, we know the Eagles knew all they need to know about Southernfield and whether or not he could play. That that was not what this is all about. This was about them, of course, tanking for the number six draft pick versus the number nine draft pick. And this is it looks all the you know I I think people are missing the force from the trees here. You, know, you want to blame Doug Peterson all you want. You can blame him all you want. This was a organizational decision. It came from the, the this came from the top. Roseman, Lori, who this was not a Doug Peterson decision. Doug Peterson was doing was following orders. You know, this was like, you know, what the few good men remember the, the code red? Yeah. This just came from Jessup. Lieutenant uh, Colonel Jessup, he was given orders. And those soldiers followed orders in terms of, if you want to, if you remember, a few good men. That's all, and it's the only thing that happened here. And Doug Peterson, like, and I'll use another pop culture reference, like Urban Burrell in The Wire, Commissioner Burrell, he took the hit, he took the hit, and will continue to take the hit. He took one for the team, took one for the organization. Okay, Doug, you've had an awful year. We respect the, we respect the fact that you won the Super Bowl. But we want we want a higher draft pick. Um, you're gonna take this hit if the game is close and and if the game is even in if the game is if is in um, if the game's close. This is what this is what's going to transpire trans, uh, transpire in order for us to get this draft pick. Period. Period. So this is not this was not a Doug Peterson decision. This was a organizational decision. That's what everybody's missing. And I, again, I don't want to hear from the Giants, let alone listen. Joe Judge, coach your team. Don't don't work like don't. The fact that you're depending on a four win team, a team that came into the game, came into this game with four wins to get you to the playoffs, tells you all you need to know about the type of year you had. You won. The Giants won six games this year. They were not a playoff team. Period. No one want to. Don't want to hear. It. I don't want to hear from Giant fans whining about not getting to the playoffs. You didn't deserve it. You won six games. You tell me you're defending on a you're depending on a four win team to get you to the playoffs. Please, can be in a position like Washington was the last two weeks and control your own destiny. It's just that simple. And how bad was this division? Washington could have clinched with a week to spare had they won last week. With, with a losing record. Well, what they at best if they won this week with the record, they could have been they could have been five hundred had they won out, uh, had they won last week and this week. But still, it just tells you all you needed to know about the NFC East this year, how historically horrible it was. But again, if if you're Washington, you don't have to apologize at all. You take the division title, you take the playoff spot, and you take the home game. It's just that simple. You do not the, the Washington football team that does not have to apologize whatsoever for being in the playoffs. But as far as you know, the Eagles are concerned, the big the the big thing, the big story is the fact of how far this organization has fallen. This used to be a top organization as far as you know, putting a putting a winning product on the field, it, uh, putting a winning product on the field, uh, coaching, developing offense and defensive lines, quarterback coaching, things of that nature. Um, they've never been great in terms of draft. They've been good in terms of developing players. They've never been. They've never been great. With their draft picks, now, you know they've been somewhere in the, in the middle, 
but late, I mean, lately they've been terrible. Uh, they've been poor with, 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 with drafting. But overall, this organization was a top, a legit top five in that five to 10 range as far as model organizations uh, in the NFL. And right now they are in the bottom half of, uh, 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 of the league right now, the way that organization is being run, period. Um, but uh, this was this was clearly a situation where Doug Peterson was told what to do and told, given his marching orders as far as, hey, this is going to happen. You're going to do this and you're going to take the hit. And by the way, you, you know, you'll keep your job for at least just maybe for at least one more year. That's how it works. It, it, we, listen, this happens in it happens in the military. It happens in corporate America. It happens in in certain. It, it happens in a lot of facets of life that this happens. This is not unusual. Period. It's not unusual. So, uh, I, I think people were kind of missing. You know, again, we're missing the you know missing the the big picture here in regards to what was transpiring with with with, um, with Philadelphia. Uh, so the playoffs are here. The playoffs will be here. Of course, you have a historic NFL playoffs, a triple header on Saturday and Sunday with the wild card. Um, Green Bay and Kansas City get the bye weeks. Um, I, I think overall, I think they have three teams that can win the Super Bowl. Um, Green Bay, Kansas City, and New Orleans. Green Bay's defense finished the season up relatively strong. They have the MVP of the league right now, a guy who was the best player in the league this year, and, and Aaron Rodgers, who just fin- you know, finished the year on a tear, 48 touchdowns to just five picks. Easily the number one rated number one rated quarterback in the league. Um, Kansas City didn't like the way they finished, but they still have the best player in the league in, in Mahomes, and they still have you know a, you know an offensive juggernaut. But again, not not high on Kansas City right now. Uh, as far as as far as uh, winning the Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl, I, I'm not uh, to be honest with you. But again, it's hard. It'll be hard to go. They, you know, they they will be a, you know, they'll be a tough out to say the least. And of course, New Orleans, um, who could have used that buy certainly to you know for for Drew Brees and get some other players uh, healthy. Watch out. Watch the Michael Thomas dynamic. I uh, had a very interesting conversation. Uh, we formed Rob Sapp about that. And you look at Michael Thomas's numbers with Drew Brees versus Taysom Hill, not even comparable. Uh, his numbers are way, are dramatically better with Taysom Hill, a guy who is not a great thrower versus the Hall of Fame quarterback. And you remember going back to all, going back to, you know, all the things, all these, you know, the protesting in the summertime and what, what Drew, the comments that Drew Brees made, uh, there was a lot, there was some dissension in that locker room, you know, Malcolm Jenkins came out, spoke out, you know, people were ripping Drew Brees a new one. It seems like it's happened years ago, but this happened, you know, back in, I believe it was July or August. I, you know, this, you know, 2020 was, you know, it was like three years in one, but it happened in the summertime. And there, you know, it had, a, you know, there is a thought that Thomas, you know, that uh, Drew Brees and Thomas are not on the same page. And they sit out Thomas. He's going to play in this game. Uh, but they sit him out the last couple of games with this ankle injury, you know, which, you know, sounds great. But the bottom line is uh, he was, you know, he was healthy when Taysom Hill was playing. Okay. 
So uh, keep your eye on that dynamic. I I don't expect that Michael Thomas will be back with the Saints next year. Uh, I'll say that right now. I, I don't expect that to. I don't expect him to be uh, back with the Saints next year. Um, looking at these matchups, I would say the best matchup probably um, is Baltimore, Tennessee. I don't like the way the Rams are playing right now offensively. I, I can't. That that's a toss up game though. That game is a toss up because that, that defense is devastating. And the, by far, by the way, the Rams know how to play against Russell. No, they know how to defend Russell Wilson. So that game's a toss up. Uh, certainly, got like the Saints against Chicago. Um, certainly, like the Saints against Chicago and Tampa against Washington. Though I'd be very. It's, the one thing I'll say about that Tampa Washington game, uh, the you know the point spread is seven and a half. Tampa Bay has not played well uh, against – they beat up on a lot of bad teams. Beat up on a lot of bad teams. With the exception of Green Bay, Tampa Bay was 1-5 against playoff teams this year. With the exception of Green Bay. They lost to New Orleans twice, lost to Chicago, uh, lost to Kansas City, and lost to the Rams. Close losses for the most part, with the exception of New Orleans, the second New Orleans game, which was just an avalanche. But it's not like Tampa Bay, you know, people you know, want to say, well, Tampa Bay is hot right now, playing better than they played all season. They beat Atlanta twice, Detroit, and Minnesota. Let's calm down. Like, it's not <laughs> – they didn't go through a a, a, a gauntlet of, of great teams down the stretch. But um, I, I don't put them on my list of teams I think that can win the Super Bowl. I don't put – I don't like Pittsburgh right now either, though I, though I expect Pittsburgh to advance, you know, to take out Cleveland even before the head coach was uh, out due to COVID. But uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, teams at the very, it's going to be very interesting watching, watching the Bills and watching the, uh, Baltimore. A lot of people are high on Baltimore right now. Uh, they've, you know, they've gone back to just letting Lamar Jackson be Lamar Jackson and, and, and their offense, they played, they played well down the stretch. They picked it up defensively. Um, so some people, you're going to see people picking Baltimore to get to the Super Bowl, um, Buffalo. I don't think Buffalo is ready for that level of play. But overall, this, you know, we talk about Aaron Rodgers and the, the, the phenomenal year he's had. It will not be laid out even – it won't It won't be better. If you, Aaron Rodgers will not have a better chance for the remainder of his career to get to a Super Bowl, to win another Super Bowl than he does have this year. They have home field advantage. They, their offense has played great. Their defense has picked it up. Um, he's the MVP of the league. Uh, the, you know, the conference is not as strong as it once looked. The Rams are not. The Rams and Seattle are okay teams. I'm not completely so. I mean, Tampa Bay, that should be a revenge game. And Tampa Bay in their building should be an advantage for Green Bay if that happen, if that matchup happens. And frankly, um, you know, with the Saints, the Saints are not the same team outdoors as far as in that in that in that dome. Let's be honest. Even with, with with fans and no fans, everything is laid out for Green Bay to get to the Super Bowl this year. If you're Green Bay, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to get to the Super Bowl this year. You have to get to if it's going it's going to either happen now or it's not going to happen. Remember, they've lost. You know, Green Bay has lost a couple of these championship games. Uh, they've lost their last three NFC Championship games at Seattle at San Francisco, at Atlanta, and two of those games weren't even close. Uh, they got smoked in Atlanta and got smoked in San Francisco. 
the common denominator to that was all those games are on the road. They have everything. They have home field advantage throughout, even with no, even with minimum fans to no fans. That is still is still something. It's still going to take a lot to come to that stadium, Lambeau Field, and and beat that team. And again, it, to me, it's I'm looking at Green Bay. It is now or never for the Packers. Like Kansas City could not. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is you know 25 years old. They'll they're going to be around for a while. Um, who knows how many years you know with you know with this Green with Green Bay has at this level, but uh, you know give Matt give Matt Lafleur credit back to back 13 13 and three seasons. Um. And you know Mike McCarthy looks worse and worse each year, each each game. Uh, Mike McCarthy looks worse uh, in regards, and we see whose fault it was in regards to how that fell apart in Green Bay. So I'm definitely looking forward to the playoffs. Again, you will have a triple header. Hopefully, COVID does not have a major in, a impact on who wins or gets to the Super Bowl. I I don't don't want to see a Super Bowl with uh you know dare I say. Washington and uh, you know Indianapolis, <laughs> so a couple of teams that have no don't. I, I don't want to see a Super Bowl with teams that have no business being there. So uh, you know, I can I can live Buffalo, Green Bay, Kansas. Of course, everybody. I want to see Green Bay and Kansas City. You know, we can live in Baltimore, Tampa Bay, uh, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. You can live with some of those with most of the matchups. Um, but I, you just don't want to see a team that does that doesn't have a, a business being there. Uh, in regards to college football, of course, the season will wrap up with the national championship a uh, a week from yesterday um, in terms of January 11th. Uh, Alabama, Ohio State, two of the most storied programs in the history of college football. And, you know, the two teams that were supposed to be there, to be honest with you. I want to go back. Um, you look at those games, and I thought coming into, I thought Alabama would, would steamroll Notre Dame. Which what I expected, and which happened. Um, in regards to Clemson, Ohio State, I thought that was a toss up, but I'm not surprised that Ohio State won won that game. Um, in terms of the, the losers in those games, Notre Dame and and Clemson, those to me those games were decided before before even kickoff. And I'm gonna start from Notre Dame. I'm start with Notre Dame first. Notre Dame and Brian Kelly are just happy to be in the playoffs or just happy to be playing a New Year's Day Bowl. In terms of winning or beating Alabama or beating the Clemson or beating some of these upper echelon teams, it to, to me, the mentality seems like they could care less. Um, at a certain point, you want to go to one of these games and be competitive. I mean, they've got Notre Dame has gotten blasted. And they, I, I saw something that was, this was going back since 2000. This has been going on for like 20 years. Notre Dame has gotten destroyed in these games in New Year's Day and BCS and, and playoff in these playoff games. And, you know, I hear Brian Kelly talk about, you know, how great Alabama is and look at the scores of their games. And you want to create this narrative where Notre Dame, you know, can't win the big one. Well, the narrative is true. You run up against these these teams, Southeastern Conference, ACC, up in these in these in the on, on New Year's Day, uh, and you get you get blasted. Every year, I mean, I read, I almost rather I rather saw Texas A M to be honest with you, 
So, uh, you know, even though Notre Dame deserved to be there, uh, you know, the the result was inevitable. And, again, they they didn't look like they belonged on on the same field as as, uh, Alabama. That game wasn't even close to the score indicated. As far as Clemson and Ohio State goes, I have never been more pleased watching the team get their ass kicked in college football than I was Clemson. Uh, Clemson deserved this. They had this coming. Dabo Sweeney, you know, having Ohio State ranked 11th and then not even backing off of it at the end of the game after you gotten destroyed by Ohio State. It was a clear revenge game for Ohio State. Ohio State has been handled by Clemson the last couple of years, the last couple of years in these playoff games. You remember that 2016, 31 and nothing embarrassment. And then, of course, last year, again, of course, last year, 29-23, a game that Ohio State could have won at Clemson's defense, uh, clinched um, – had a, uh, a game-clinching interception uh, to seal that game. So I uh, give Ohio State a lot of credit. The quarterback fields um, was tremendous in his game. They did whatever they wanted to against Clemson's defense. They dominated Clemson's defense like I've never seen anybody in dominate Clemson's defense. Um, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, you can go LSU last year. I, I, yeah, I guess you could say LSU. But outside those two performances, those two teams – just, you know, just manhandled Clemson all over the field. They had over, I think, I think 639 yards of total offense. They just pushed Clemson all over the field. I, I only think Trevor Lawrence played poorly. I think he just got, he was getting his, his head knocked off uh, with just the onslaught of the Ohio State pass rush. That was an angry Ohio State performance. That was an angry Ohio State performance. You know, all the talk, all, you know, the, you know all the talk about by uh, by Dabo and just just complete dis- disrespect. You know, I, I saw Nick Saban had Ohio State ranked fifth in in his final poll, which you know, which was understandable. I mean, that's not just you know had Texas. Of course, he's going to defend his own conference. Texas A and M uh, finished you know finished finishes nine and one, uh, and and will probably finish in the top five, top four. To be honest with you, when when the, when the, when the final poll is released. So that, that I was fine with that, but for uh, Dabo Sweeney to put Clemson, uh, Texas, and to put Ohio State eleventh was just it was disrespectful, and they deserved they completely deserved the ass kicking that they received at, by the hands of uh, Ohio State and Ryan Day. Um, should be a great national championship game. Uh, I, you know, get a slight edge to Alabama. Um, looks like one of these years where Alabama is just almost borderline, seems to be borderline unbeatable. Uh, but again, I never will never doubt Ohio State in a big game as an underdog, especially. They did. We saw in 2014 when they are when when people count Ohio State out, they kind of rise to the occasion. Um, they should be an underdog in this game, but not a significant underdog. Uh, I mean, really, I would even call it a borderline toss up game. So looking forward to the uh, looking forward to the to that um, national championship game on uh, January 11th. And as of right now, there will be no scheduling changes to the national championship game. But again, do with COVID, that is subject to change. We still have, what, this is the fifth, six days. So a lot can happen between now and, 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 uh, and uh, January 11th. Hopefully everybody is healthy. Hopefully, you know, we get a we get a full roster of players uh, going at it uh, for the national championship. Uh, that's going to wrap it. Well, these are some real thoughts. Um, you know, it is going to be a very interesting next 
15 days as we usher in a new transition of power in regards to the presidency and possibly even the Senate as well, depending on what, what happens with this house, uh, with this, uh, with this, um, uh, with this election tonight in Georgia. Um, but I, I would encourage everybody, you know, be safe out here. COVID is still out here. Um, you know, in full force. And you're going to have a situation, especially in the DMV, where, you know, you can see some, you know, you can see some assholes, you know, acting up um, in certain sections. They're not going to certain places in D.C. They won't go. We know this. And, and, and other certain sections in the across the United States that they won't go in Philly and Atlanta and Detroit. But um, they're going to you know, you're going to see some stuff leading into uh, the inauguration on January 20th. So, you know, be safe out here. Uh, and uh, I will see you next time on this step on the, the next edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Again, the Wire Remix Show uh, podcast. I will keep you updated on that. I'm probably going to have that squared away within the next two days in terms of when that podcast will be coming out. Uh, as always, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, and I will have this podcast up before the night is over. Have a great rest of the evening. See you next time.